Welcome to the podcast. This episode is a YouTube video that was converted to a podcast. And in this video, we start off the Scientology spy files. And this is where uh, there's a whole bunch of documents that I have gotten from someone who escaped from Scientology. And it is dossiers, essentially dossiers, that the Office of Special Affairs, which is the spy wing of the Scientology organization, uh, these are the documents that they're sending back and forth between them and other organizations. And I managed to get my hands on some of those. And the ones I'm going to be reading to start off this series are the ones that are about me and my family. And this video is the first one of those. And uh, we've turned this into a podcast. If you want to see any of these documents that we're talking about, if you go to my YouTube channel, uh, Blown for Good on YouTube, and just search Scientology Spy Files, uh, this is the very first one. And there's likely going to be hundreds and hundreds of these because I have about 5,000 of these documents. Some of them are very fascinating. Some of them are very boring. I'm trying to read the ones that have some interest to people first. And this is the first one of those. So thanks for signing up for the podcast. And I hope you enjoy it. And here you go. Here's Scientology Spy Files number one. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the channel. Um, today, we're going to do the very first part of the Scientology Spy Files. And before we get started, I need to basically clear up and lay out some of the key players and some of the terminology that gets used in these documents. It's almost the same exact people and the same exact things they're talking about um, throughout all of the files. And um, if there's a specific thing that gets brought up in one document that doesn't get brought up in any of the other documents, I'll just explain that when we get to it. But there's a bunch of people that are in all of them. So I'm just going to lay out who those people are and I'll put up a document on the screen so that you can see um, who's who. And you, you can also freeze frame on it. If I go through it too fast, you can just freeze frame it so you can read the document that I put together. But um, the first document we have here is basically who the key players and the terms are. So OSA Int is the Office of Special Affairs International. And that is part of Church of Scientology International. And OSA is basically like the, the dirty tricks wing of Scientology. They're the ones that are in charge of the lawyers, um, hiring, hiring private investigators. They're the ones that um, are in charge of harassing former members that are um, exposing anything that goes on inside Scientology. And they are located, the OSA Int um, headquarters are at 6331 Hollywood Boulevard in um, California. And um, that is OSA Int. Now, the person that's writing almost all of these documents is a person, the, po the post title, the person's job title is External Security Chief OSA Int. And this is a girl by the name of Kirsten Pedersen. And Kirsten, um, she was Kirsten Catano at the time when she wrote these documents. And she was actually married to the security chief at the Int base, Kevin Catano. So she's the external security chief, Osa Int. And she was married to the security chief at the Int base. 
Now, what is an external security chief? So she's basically responsible for the security of Scientology outside of Scientology. So if somebody leaves Scientology and then starts exposing things about it, that's her problem. And it's her problem um, to figure out how to stop it. And so the the whole reason that um, that she's involved in this is because that's what I was doing. I was exposing things on the internet about um, the Scientology International Base where I worked at for 15 years. And I started just writing and posting all these juicy tidbits of what was going on at the Ant Base on an internet form. And, um, and we'll get to that in a bit. Okay, most of the people that Kirsten, the, or the, the main person that Kirsten is writing to in these documents is a post by the name of WDC OSA. And that stands for the Watchdog Committee Member for the Office of Special Affairs. Now, um, I just did a video with Mike earlier today, and um, he confirmed that it was either him or two other guys that would have been answering from this post. Um, the way it is at the Ant Base is that you could be, Mike Rinder could be on post as WDC OSA, but there could be uh, one or two other people also answering for that post because Mike is dealing with uh, John Sweeney from the BBC who's doing a story or the Today Show, or Mike could be off doing some super, super high profile um, security flap or leak or uh, kerfluffle that's happening that Scientology doesn't want to happen. So then somebody else could answer for him. Um, by the time we get to the documents that um, WDC OSA is writing back down, um, we'll get Mike on and we'll have him verify or, or comment on the comments that are the, the dispatches that are being written. Okay, the next thing we need to know about is called Clambake. There's a lot of references to Clambake in these documents. Now, Clambake um, refers to a website that is Xenu.net, um, which is called Operation Clambake, which comes from a L. Ron Hubbard thing where he says that basically all humans um, came from clams. So, um, so this guy, Andreas Hedelund, um, set up a website where he started posting a lot of um, things about documents and and stories about Scientology. And Scientology spent years, and I'm pretty sure they sued him. And um, they tried to basically get this website shut down. And to this day, it's still up and everything's on there. So they never they failed miserably at getting this um, website, website shut down. Um, but when they're talking about Clambake, um, Operation Clambake has um, basically like a, a documents sort of repository. And then it also has a message board, which was commonly referred to as OCMB, Operation Clambake Message Board. And um, when I got out of Scientology um, and um, I was started to go on the internet and look up Scientology stuff, I found this message board. And there was a lot of stuff on there that was outdated or just old and not totally accurate. So I started posting like, hey, this isn't accurate, but this is what was happening. And um, and then you can see the uh, Scientology folks were reading this website all day, every day, because as soon as I posted, poof, these reports started going up. Okay, the next thing is blow. Okay, there's, there's a lot of references to blow, blown, um, blowing. So... 
a blow in Scientology is when you leave without authorization. So if somebody escapes from the international base, they say this person has blown or that they blew. And then if you usually um, someone who had, like if somebody just disappears and you don't know where they went um, at the base, it'll be like, oh, hey, what happened to Gary? And it'll be like, oh, Gary blew. So everybody knows what that means. Now, when somebody blows from the base, they do what's called a blow drill. And that is where a, basically like, let's say anywhere from 30 to 100 people are mobilized to hunt this person down and get them back. And it usually they try to do it um, as soon as they realize the person is gone or that it's possible that they could have blown. Um, and this blow drill, all these people go to the bus stations. They look up the airport reservation system to see if they're on a flight. They send people out everywhere to go re- uh, basically track this person down and bring them back. And when they're brought back, and a lot of times they are bl- brought back, I would say probably about 50% of the time somebody blew from the ant base. I would say about 50% of the time um, they are gotten back. And when they get them back, they call that being recovered. Okay, so um, so this actually explains the name blown for good, because I had been there for 15 years and I'd seen there's one guy I think he blew five times. He escaped five different times and they got him back every single time. Um, And there's other people that blew once or twice. And but I wanted to make sure that they knew that I was blown for good. They were never going to get me back. So when I started posting on Operation Clambake on this message board, the the name I used was blown for good. Just all one word, blown for good. And that way they'd know um, I was blown for good. They weren't going to get me back. Um, now, there's this is a note. I first posted on Clambake on February 13th. Okay, that was the very first post that I posted. February 13th, 2006. Now, this first report that we're going to go through was written on February 15th, and that's it was sent up from OSA up to the international base. And so we're going to go through that right now. Okay, so this is the cover page for that document. And now this is the only document, I think, in this whole bunch that has a cover page. All of the rest of them are just individual, um, basically word documents that uh, were being shared back and forth. Um, this one is a copy of a fax. So this was faxed to the int base and then somebody copied it and scanned it. And then that's what went into my dossier. Um, now all of these documents were given to me after someone who escaped from the int base had, He had actually dossiers of multiple people and I just got my dossier. And, um, but the great thing about this dossier is it has some crossover. So there's a few different other people that had dossiers and sometimes they ganged up the reports and they mentioned two or three different people in one report. So in my um, dossier, there's actually some South Park juice when Scientology was trying to infiltrate South Park. So we'll get to that document soon. But um, this was it, this is the very first document where basically they discovered that there was this person and who possibly could it be? 
Um, so this is the cover sheet. It's February. This is sent on February 16th. When we get to the report, it'll have the date of February 15th. So it looks like they wrote it up on the 15th and then they were probably massaging the report and trying to get as much data as they could before they sent it up. In Scientology, if something's wrong and you just send up, hey, a report, there's something wrong, that's not acceptable. If, if something's wrong and you send up a report, you have to say, this is what's wrong and this is the handling. So this is that first report. Basically, this is what's happening and this is our handling. So you can see this first page. It says confidential and it's from the, it's basically from the external security chief, Osa Int, Kirsten. And it's being sent to the Invest Chief OSA Int. But what they do in Scientology is they're not sending it to the Int base. They're sending it to this other person at OSA. But you look, they're just CC'd one, two, uh, three, four, five. They've CC'd five other people that they've copied on this dispatch. But the first person is WDC OSA. So really, this is... I'm sending this to WDC OSA, but not really. I'm sending it to somebody else, but WDC OSA is going to see it. And then that way, if uh, David Miscavige asks about, hey, what happened with this person, then WDC OSA knows about it and he can report um, if Dave asks him a question, he'll have some information on it because he got a copy of the report. Anyway, so the, the dispatch says the heading is re new clam bake poster possibly Mark Headley. So, so this is the best part. I didn't use my real name. I didn't say anything that would, that I thought would lead them to believe it was me. I knew eventually they'd figure out it was me, but I thought we'd play a little bit of cat and mouse at least. So right out the gate, the very first report, they're like, we think it's Mark Headley. <laughs> so anyway, dear sir, there's a new former Int base staff member posting on Clambake using the name blown for good, quote unquote. The postings are attached. Based on the data reviewed so far, we believe this is possibly Mark Headley. And then they basically go, go into when they worked, uh, when they worked there. And um, the Ron, uh, Ron Miscavige Sr., he got, um, he got arrested on the road. I think he was speeding or he got pulled over for some moving violation and he got arrested. And that was one of the things that I posted about. So they were saying that that had happened in December of 2004. So um, the person had to it had to have at least been there in December of 2004. Um, and this is now when these postings are taking place. This is in 2006. So they're basically trying to backtrack to see who was there and who I talked about and who had left since I had talked about them. So they could kind of pinpoint um, when whoever was posting these things was at the Ant base last. Um, they say Mark, Mark Headley is the most likely, most likely suspect. Um, he could have known many of the datums noted in these postings. Um, it also talks about how I, um, I talked to, I, I contacted, um, the mom of a guy that I used to work with. He used to be my, um, he used to be under me in the um, systems manufacturing division at Golden Era Productions where I worked. And um, I, I basically told her, hey, just so you know, your son's doing horrible and he really wants to get out of there. And, um, and so that's in this report as well because then she wrote a knowledge report and then sent it to OSA. So they knew that I had done that as well. Anyway, so they basically think they've figured out who it is and that now they've got a handling that they've laid out. And the, the handling is 
Pull all legal docs that Mark and Claire Headley have ever signed. Security Chief Gold has been asked to get all these pulled. Get all Headley files to OSA in immediately and get them reviewed for any data that it was that would assist in getting Mark backed off. Get all possible invest checks done on the Headleys to find out who exactly they are in com with. So basically, this involves them investigating our lives and seeing um, who we talk to, where we go, um, basically following us around to get intel on what we're up to. Number four, concurrently get a PI, uh, get a PI, a private investigator, on to finding out exactly where he works and any other personal weaknesses he may have that can be used in handling him to stop. So this is kind of crazy. So here I am. I left Scientology in 2005, in January of 2005. And now it is basically a year later. And now I'm basically posting things that I know about the imp base on the internet. And these things are all 100% true things that happen at the imp base. And also to be to be fair, these are just like anecdotal things that happen like, oh, and then this happened. Oh, yeah. Ron Scavage got pulled over for speeding and then he tried to bribe the cop or he tried to talk the cop out of giving him a ticket. And then somebody from the base showed up, basically just telling the story of what happened in that specific instance. Anyway, so get a PI on to find out exactly where Mark works and any other personal weaknesses he may have that can be used in handling him to stop. Okay. This is key because this comes up in a lot in later on documents. Get the legal documents they have signed reviewed and get a letter sent to Mark based on what he has signed in the past, letting him know that he has violated these agreements and is to cease his violations. Once his files data has been reviewed and immediate invest actions done, work out and propose the final handling to get him to cease his suppressive acts. So in Scientology, anything that you do to expose Scientology is what is referred to as a suppressive act. And anyone who does anything against what Scientology, um, if, if you say Scientology is full of shit, that's a suppressive act. Um, if you expose Scientology or one of its members as doing something illegal or up to no good, that is a suppressive act. Um, for these people that say, um, like there's a bunch of stories right now, um, with, uh, lawsuits and legal cases against Scientology where they say, oh, we don't ever tell people not to, uh, contact law enforcement. That is 100% BS there. It is a high crime to report a Scientologist to law enforcement. Period. It's a, it's a high crime. It's a suppressive act to basically turn somebody over in Scientology that's in good standing in Scientology. If you turn them over to law enforcement, you're a suppressive person. Anyway, okay, now this is, the, this is real fun. Okay, um, this is the last step. It says, work out how to get Suzette B, who lives in a house behind the Headley's house, debugged on her A to E steps. She is in calm, but bugged on paying her $24,000 freeloader debt right now and moved out. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack here. Okay, this is the best thing ever. Suzette B. Suzette B is Shelly Miscavige's half-sister. And 
she got out she got out from the base just a few months after I did and she ended up living in our guest house behind our house that we were renting um she was basically just renting this back little house that we had and um so now that's Dave Miscavige's sister-in-law. Shelly Miscavige's half-sister lives in my house. So here I am posting all this stuff on the internet and uh, Dave's sister-in-law is right here next door living with me. So um, so then they need to get her moved out of the house um, and debugged on her A&E steps. So if you get declared a suppressive person by Scientology and you want to get back in good standing with Scientology... Like, so you can talk to your mom or so you can talk to your brother. There is a way for you to do that. Now, um, in Suzette's case, one of those steps is paying $24,000 to Scientology for courses that she did when she was in the Sea Org. Now, Claire and I got our freeloader bills and I'll have to dig those up so we can put those up here. Um, I, th- I want to say it was about $150,000 that they wanted us to pay to them um, in addition to all these other steps, the steps are A, B, C, D through E. Those are the steps you have to do. Um, and one of the first steps up is give us a bunch of money. That's the, one of the first steps. And um, so for me to get into good standing with them, first of all, um, I would have to not tell everybody that they're full of shit and that they're criminals. And that also I'd need to pay them between my wife and I. And also my wife couldn't get undeclared and still be married to me. And I couldn't get undeclared and still be married to her. So in order for me to do my A&E steps, I'd have to pay them $150,000. For my wife and I to talk to our families, the bare minimum that we'd have to do is give them $150,000. Now, this is after working for them for 15 years for $45 a week at the most some years, no pay at all. Some many, many weeks in a row, no pay at all. But um, somehow I'd have to come up with $150,000 after getting paid less than Chinese slave labor wages for 15 years. So um, that was pretty much out of the question. And also they're full of shit and I didn't want to get back in touch with them anyway. Um, in order, I didn't want to sacrifice my integrity just so that I could talk to some people that I never talked to anyway because I was at the in the Sea Org for 15 years and I never saw or spoke to pretty much anyone in my family that entire time. So, anyway, so this is the um, this is the end of the report. Okay, now I'm not going to go through all the postings. Some of them are hilarious. If you want to read the original postings, just go to. Um, Operation Clambeg Message Board and search "blown for good," and they're they're literally. I think the the posts on Clambeg. I want to say they've been viewed five hundred thousand times. That's all the posts added up. That's how many times they've been viewed. So, and most of the people that are on this Operation Clambeg site are ex Scientologists or Scientologists that are currently in good standing that are reading about Scientology and the internet, trying to figure out what's going on. And basically planning to leave, but not doing it so overtly. Anyway, so this is the end of the document. And now I'm going to just put these pages up. Um, I'll just put like a page up as I'm talking and I might kind of just skim through these. Um, But if you want, you can freeze frame the video and then you can just read the post. Um, But the first post was on February 14th at 11 a.m., 11.18 a.m., 
And um, it's talking about, at this time in February 2006, it's talking about why some buildings that they've been working on for years and years and years, uh, mainly the superpower building in Clearwater, why it hasn't been opened. And, um, and basically how they've been working on it for 20 years. And here's all the real reasons it's not open. I mean, this is really inside baseball for people that know a lot about Scientology. Um, and this doesn't really, um, this doesn't really make a big difference on the spy activities. This is just me talking about stuff that's happening behind the scenes that they don't want Scientologists to know about. Um, so yeah, so here's this one. And then, um, there's a bunch of stuff about Dave Miscavige. Now, that's another key thing. If you talk about Dave Miscavige on the internet, then Osa's ears are going to perk up because um, David Miscavige has a big, big problem with people posting stuff about the uh, about him on the internet. He really is sensitive about that. Um, so Osa is all over that. They know that's sort of like one of their main directives. Nobody should ever say anything bad about David Miscavige, no matter what. And if it's on the internet, you need to get it removed from the internet. Um, and so when I started posting these, I knew that this would be a, a point of contention. I knew that they'd it'd get on their radar pretty quick. I didn't know it'd be this quick. Um, then we talk about some Scientology courses and why they're not out. Um, Here's another one from February 14th. Oh my goodness, 4 a.m. I must have been up late that night. Um, <clears throat> this is where I, I talk about, um, so somebody said, um, is it true that um, there's physical violence happening at the end base? And I said, oh yeah, there's this one guy, Mike Rinder, and Dave beats up on him all the time. And then I also start, I, I basically say um, how, he beat he beats up Render all the time, and then I list out all these other people that I personally have seen him beat up, and then um, also about this one guy who got run over by a car, almost got run over by a car by this girl because Dave told her, "Hey, go run him down," and she did. She took it seriously. I mean, Dave could or could not have been joking, but she took him seriously, and she drove after him, and he ended up breaking his leg trying to get away from her while she was trying to run him down in a car. So I told that story. Um, and then um, talks about uh, Marty, because some people were asked if Marty Rathbun really blew. I said, yes, he blew in mid-2004. Um, oh, my goodness. I'm talking about, a, there's a lot of um, like behind-the-scenes craziness. Um, also talking about um, Warren McShane and about how he had to take over. Um, from after Marty, uh, blue and then, um, oh my goodness. Yeah. There's basically just a lot of updates on specific people that people had questions about, um, and what they were doing and where they were working. Um, I talk about the new e-meter that was about to come out, which it, it didn't come out until years and years later, but I basically explained exactly what would be coming out, who made it how it got made, how it was made. Like, this is a really good point because I talk about this e-meter that we made when I was at Golden Era. Um, it cost about $40 to make this e-meter. They sell it for $5,000 currently today. The e-meter that I talked about that was coming out has now since been released and they sell it for $5,000 and it costs $40 to make. 
So a slight, slight bit of uh, markup there on that. Um, and um, yeah, I'll put all these pages up. I'll just freeze frame them so that you can see um, if you want to, if somebody's really interested about reading through all these things. Um, but basically, oh yeah, and there's another guy named Keith Henson who protested at the Ant Base when I used to work there. And he wanted to know what happened at the base when he was outside the gates and all this other stuff. And uh, so then I, I told him all about that. Um, there was a girl who committed suicide at the Ant Base named Stacy Moxon. Um, I explained about that. Um, how she basically, um, what exactly what happened. Um, yeah, there is a lot of good stuff in it. There's a whole bunch of people that went to the RPF when that girl committed suicide. Um, at the time, I actually thought that it was an accident because that's what we were told. And then, um, after, um, I talked to my wife about it months and months later, she said, oh no, she left a suicide note which was not um, popular knowledge at the international headquarters. Um, only a few people knew, like the person who found the note and her best friends and some other people. But um, so, yeah, there's a whole story about that. And then, um, yeah, then there's just a few pages about people they want to know. And uh, yeah, so this is the first report. This is pretty much just like, hey, we found this guy is posting. We think it's Mark Headley. And... Next thing it goes into is crazy because it basically starts off like, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to send him a letter. I'm going to pull a bunch of the full of his folders and see what documents he signed. And then it amps up to lawsuits, um, full on PIs, um, getting all of my phone records from the phone company that I was with at the time. Um, just trash talking about my newborn son, all kinds of insanity goes on. So make sure you subscribe, click on the bell icon. And then that way, every time one of these comes out, then I will, uh, you'll get notified and you can see the next chapter of this. There's 20 documents. Some of them are, are not as long as this one. Some of them are longer than this one. So hopefully I don't have to break any into more than one part. Um, hopefully this wasn't too long. Um, and, um, yeah, when we get Mike on here, when he interacts with this person, this Kirsten gal, who's writing these, um, we'll get Mike on and we'll get the other end of it from his perspective. And, um, yeah, we'll go through these. I think it's going to be fun. Um, again, I'm trying to get right now. Scientology has 80,000 subscribers on YouTube or 80 and change. I'm trying to get more than them. Um, so it's the, beat Scientology challenge, uh, click subscribe, be part of this. We're going to try to get up to more than Scientology's got. Um, I don't know how fast we can do it. Um, right now it is, it's December, it's December 12th. So let's see, is it December 12th? Yeah, it's December 12th. Um, let's see how fast we can get there. I've, we went from, I think I had 200 subscribers about 10 days ago and we've got 7,000. So I don't think we should take that long to get to 80 K, but we could do it a lot faster. If you can share, send it to your buddies, send it to your friend, just say, Hey, just subscribe to this guy's channel. Hook a brother up. Come on. Um, anyway, uh, thanks guys until next time.